We have two uh, interesting speakers, and they're going to uh, talk. Aoife Bannon, the Irish Sun features editor. We were lucky to have somebody from, you know, often don't we, very often, being journalists, sometimes we, we overlook the tabloids, which is very stupid of us, um, because most of our readers are out there reading tabloids. And um, so we are lucky to have um, Aoife here, and she's, she, uh, let you, you, you talk now. Uh, okay. okay, great. Hi, um, thanks for having me. Uh, so as Karen said, I'm the features editor with the Irish Sun. Um, I've worked there for eight years, so I, I kind of started out there. I worked on the picture desk for about a year, which was good, because it kind of gave me um, a bit of an overall sense of what it was like to work in a newspaper, and a tabloid newspaper, and kind of get it, you know, because when you, when you first start in a newspaper, like anyone will tell you, it's like no other job you've had before. It's all very fast-paced, and it's completely different to, to what you kind of imagined it would be. So it was good in a way to get a feel for it and see what kind of story stories are, you know, making the news in the sun and, you know, how it works. So from there I started writing features and just the past year I've been the features editor. Um, so what features are in the sun is probably different to, you know, what they might be in the Times or the Independent. Um, you know, they, they might have magazines where they'll, they'll have a lot of space to go into very in-depth features, whereas as Karen said, we're a tabloid, so it's kind of a lot more condensed and, you know, probably aimed at, at maybe a different audience as well. So um, what we would, like, what I do on a daily basis can always be different. Like, sometimes you'll just be, end up writing, like, you might pitch something as a feature and, you know, it, it might be, well, like, that's brand new, that's news, so let's just write it as a news story. So sometimes that happens. So a lot of the time you're going to be writing news, like... So, for example, like even today, like I've pitched to my editor before I was here. I was saying maybe we should do something about one cent and two cents going out of circulation. So that that could kind of easily lend itself to a feature. You know, it's worked in Waterford. You could make a feature out of how it's working and you know why they're paying and speak to different people about whether they use them or not anymore and, and make it an in-depth feature. Or you could kind of do the straight news story, like they're going to go out of circulation soon and here's why. So um, it kind of all depends on the day and the space uh, restraints on what way it's taken. Um, we also kind of would be responsible for providing a bit of colour in the newspaper. So like, you know, some days you'll, you'll go into work and, you know, there's a murder, there's a death, there's tragedy. And, you know, sometimes if, if you just read that over and over, it, it can get a bit much. So sometimes the, the job of the feature team would be to maybe break that up and just offer something that's a bit of colour and it's a bit quirky and it's, you know, just a bit interesting. Uh, or just, you know, you know going to make you maybe laugh or smile or, or maybe just pick you up a bit. Um, we also kind of would look after the human interest stories. So that could be anything from, you know, like a mother who's given a kidney to her son and... You know, just something that's really interesting, you know, it's it doesn't have to be hard news, but, you know, that's just an interesting story no matter who you are. Or, you know, someone who's lost a leg and they want to run a marathon, that kind of thing. Like, it's doesn't matter who, yeah, like, to anyone, that's an interesting story. So we'd kind of do that kind of thing as well. So um, we are a really small team in the Sun, so <coughs> we're always interested in getting, you know, freelancers to, to send us stories. So, so what I've kind of highlighted there would be some of the stuff we'd be interested in. Um, so 
also like news features as well you know if there's a news story where someone can kind of for example um like changes to the the laws around um the sex industry they were changing you know they were going to criminalize um people who pay for prostitutes so there was there was a lot of kind of news features around that where you know you might go and speak to someone who's a sex worker who's in, in favor of this change and you might speak to someone who's against it for whatever reasons. So that can kind of be a news feature, you know, where it's news because it's happening, but you're making it into a feature because you're kind of fleshing it out and you're getting behind the story and getting a bit more perspective on it. Um, so if, if someone was coming to me to, to pitch a story, um, it, it's always great like that if it is newsworthy, like if there's a reason they're, they're pitching it. Um, for a pitch, like it, it, it always helps if they're kind of give you detail, but you know, not the whole story, you know. So here's the story, here's why I'm doing it, and here's how I'm gonna kind of get the story, you know. I'm gonna <coughs> speak to X, Y, Z, I'm gonna speak to someone on this side of the campaign, I'm gonna speak to someone on that side of the campaign. You know, just a little bit of how you're gonna get there. And also kind of a bit of details about photos, because we're a tabloid photos are so important you know you, you can't you know do two-page story with no pictures or with a generic picture that doesn't really relate to it so if someone's speaking you know a picture of them is always important and we can usually like liaise with the freelancer if a picture needs to be set up if someone doesn't have one they can send or you know that's not really an issue um so for for someone sending me an idea like that that that's all i'd really want from them I, wouldn't want that much more detail about it um you know when they can do it for when do i need it by that that kind of thing you can kind of discuss like and back and forth um for freelancers um i think the the qualities that really good freelancers have you know are when they're reliable like uh, i know that kind of sounds obvious but you know if you say you're going to do the story for friday like don't email on friday and say it's 4 p.m okay like you know just get it in on friday morning when you've said it you will or whatever um you know wh when you send the copy just make it clear like you know i i think just write it in a straightforward style rather than anything kind of convoluted like you know uh, as you know, basic as you can, the who, the what, the where, and all that. And then if it needs to be stylized by the paper, let that, let, you know, we have great subs and that's their job, like rather than, than maybe trying too hard to make it a particular style. Um, I think if, if someone gives you direction and says, why don't you write it this way, you know, kind of take that as much as possible. Um, I think like for, for people who are freelancing, um, it can be really hard to, to probably um, you know, break in with, with editors and stuff. So I think you know, try and get an idea or a sense of what the paper they write for is like and what kind of stories they, they've covered before. Um, you know, like there, there's probably no point in you know, pitching something to me about, I don't know, uh, I'm trying to think of something, but you know, something very broad sheet, um, you know, kind of just have an idea of, you know, what kind of stories they've done before and, and what ones they're likely to do again, that always helps. Um, I suppose the, the more context you have, the better, you know, if you can say to someone when you're pitching, like, look, I know this, I'm going to write something on, um, you know, 
medicine I, I have a great contact who's a doctor I'm going to get a lot of colour from him you know it always helps if you can kind of explain that, that you have people already that you can touch base with um, as I said before like um, a news hook always makes it more interesting you know like rather than just saying like okay I'm going to do a story on the sex industry in Ireland for example like you know if there's a change to a law that's always going to make it more newsworthy and interesting so if you can kind of <coughs> that's current that always helps um yeah just just things that are helpful when for for us with with freelancers and um, you know if, if like it happens all the time you, you've planned an interview and it doesn't happen you know that's that's not really a problem just you know let the editor know rather than waiting till the friday when you said you got it in and say oh by the way i didn't get that interview you know like if, if just just keep them updated because they might be able to tell you well you could try this person instead um, I think just always being kind of keep the, the lines of communication open as much as possible um, if you do pitch an idea and for whatever reason it doesn't work like don't take it personally like maybe you could ask for feedback it, like I know a lot of editors would be very pushed for time but you know you could just without um, I know this was mentioned at the end of the last session um, it is easy to, to kind of come across as, as um, I don't know, a bit aggressive or maybe a bit snotty if your idea isn't taken. So to try and not avoid that as much as possible and just say, just out of interest, I just want to know why it didn't work. Or, you know, um, yeah, without, without kind of, you know, being rude or anything about it, just ask for feedback. That's never a problem. And, um, yeah, as I said before, just kind of be be open to direction so if you've come with an idea and they kind of want you to go with a different angle like you know be open to it um, if, if you're totally against the idea that that would be fine but you know just be open <coughs> to, to kind of working with the editor as well on, on an idea so um they'd be kind of my, my main thoughts Um, I've probably left loads of stuff out so I'm sure we'll get to questions at the end and I'd be happy to to clarify anything Okay, thanks, Eve. I'm sure there will be questions, but for the moment, um, we'll just leave them to inside for the moment, and we'll um, hear Lois. Um, I don't think I could attend to your second. Um, <laughs> That's just how it's written, Capilla. Capilla, uh, right? Uh, okay, you heard her, um, <laughs> and uh, she has the distinction of having been sitting down there at at, a, at least one previous freelance forum, so she knows what it's like to sit. There and she's the um, managing editor of the Dublin Inquirer. And maybe because I don't know, you would tell us about the, a little about yeah, the Dublin Inquirer. I'll, I'll definitely start by telling you about Dublin Inquirer because I'm sure some of you haven't haven't heard of it, which is quite um, legitimate. So we've been going since about June this year, so about five months now, and we're a weekly online publication at the moment. We're looking at doing a print edition, maybe after a year or something after we built up a bit of a following, and. Um, Basically, we, we've got a. I'll talk a little bit about the, the inspiration for, for the paper so you can get a sense of what we're trying to do. Um, I worked a few years ago very briefly at some of the alt weeklies in the US, which are more local city publications that do longer form narrative local journalism. Like. Um, and so I, I was there really briefly, but I was completely blown away by what they did. So. Um, Afterwards, I, I went to work in India for a couple of years at a, a national newspaper there, and then, because of various immigration problems, I ended up in Ireland somehow. 
and uh, decided that Dublin's a great city and the kind of city that could maybe like support a newspaper like that. Um, so it's basically inspired by those kind of publications in, in the US, papers like Washington City Paper or Village Voice, if you've heard of those. And so we're weekly, we're online, we have a tight focus on the city. Um, at the moment we're focused on Dublin City Council area, um, purely because our resources, we have two staff reporters plus me, and then obviously we're, we're, we're looking to work with freelancers as well. Um, and so we cover things like so city council and local politics, we're looking to do coverage of this. Um, urban development, so uh, things to do with sustainable transport, transport, um, architecture, um, planning is something that we want to cover, not really dry, this planning application is in, but maybe, so we had a story about the ivy markets, for example, where we interviewed the developer and we looked a bit about the history of the ivy markets and we looked at what he's trying to do and what it would maybe do to the neighbourhood and, you know, I sort of touched on the gentrification debate and, and these kinds of issues. And then um, some of the social issues that you'll find probably in other papers like the Herald to do with drug policy and, um, and then some arts and culture and food. So we go out on a Wednesday, um, and we're, so in terms of pitching, pitch me on a Wednesday afternoon or a Thursday is best rather than a Tuesday or Monday when I'm a little bit fraught, although maybe it's sometimes I'll be so fraught I'll be like, yes please, <laughs> do it in a day. Um, and we're, we're aimed sort of at 20 to 45 year olds in the city, so the same sort of de demographic that might read totally Dublin or Le Corbe but this is sort of the news side of that so that was the idea that maybe there was a sort of hole for news for those kinds of readers um, so so far we've to be honest we've haven't had that many pictures from freelancers yet um, which I mean it's probably a function that we you know we're, we've been going four months or something um, but but so but the ones that we have had work with some have been very good and reliable and met deadlines and sort of done edits and additional reporting that we've asked for and some have pitched, we've said yes and then we've never heard from them again. So please don't do that. <laughs> if you say you're gonna write something, please, please, and if you're having problems with it, come talk to us and we can try and work on how to solve it rather than just giving up and kind of curling up in a ball and, uh, and that kind of thing. Um, other things that, I mean, the best way to work out what we're looking for is to just sort of give our website a read. We're at dubliniquiry.com. I need to get the IE domain. Um, and what we're lacking at the moment and what I want to see more of, and we had more in early editions than we do at the moment, are some of the more longer narrative profiles, so maybe day-in-the-life kind of style pieces of Dubliners who are interesting characters who have maybe been around a long time, seen a lot, have... Um, I wrote an article for a magazine about a, a guy who, I don't know whether you've seen him, feeds the swans every day on St. Stephen's Green and walks over from Cabra and he's a, sort of a little haggard and this kind of thing. So I spend a day with him walking over from Cabra and learn about his life and why he does it and his past and this kind of thing. So those kinds of sketches of, of you know, ordinary-ish people who make up life in the city and kind of like. And then the thing is about being a weekly um, and also doing news is that we have to sort of be thinking a bit ahead of the news <coughs> cycle. So if there's something that happens on a Friday, um, it's not like the first day news story isn't going to be good for us for the next Wednesday. So for example, when I think it was, who was it, Ruth Coppinger or takes over a NAMA building somewhere on a Thursday. 
it's going to be no good for us to have a run story about that, but maybe what we can do is look at what Nana's doing in terms of social housing and where, like, whether she's right, like, what, what do housing economists think of what she's saying Nana should do, is it feasible, what is the government looking at, like, those kinds of stories that maybe unpack the issues that might come out of the breaking news story and um, sort of, yeah, so the second day stories, third day stories. The other um, articles that we like are trying to do more of a kind of fact-checking articles. So if you see a social media meme going around that's related to Dublin and you wonder is that true or not, or you hear somebody quote a survey and you wonder whether it's true or not, going back to that survey and looking at how it's been done and seeing whether it's been reported correctly and seeing whether um, it's true and, and, and the sort of methodology behind it. Um, and we, we did a story about the... <coughs> you might have heard of you know, the city centre transport study or the changes they're doing, the, the pedestrianisation of College Green and this kind of thing. And so the Irish Parking Association did a survey um, that they released to the media about that. So we went back and looked at that survey and looked at how they sampled. And the questions that they asked, obviously, are going to be a major point of bias often. Um, and wrote about why there were some questions about the, the results that they came up with and how other surveys had found very different, very different um, picture for shoppers. This was about whether the transport is going to change where the shoppers come into the city or not. Um, so I, that's kind of what we're looking for. So we're a very small team and we're very flexible. So I will try and get back to every email that I get. Sometimes it slides down the list and in that case <coughs> resend it and I, 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 I mean to get back to people. <laughs> Sometimes I don't just because I'm disorganized. Um, I can't always give like in-depth feedback about why yes or no, just because I don't have time to really give useful feedback. It doesn't take a bit of time, but I will try and, and give a little bit and say, you know, um, give a reason that it seems only fair when people have taken the time to write in. Um, yeah, send a couple of clips if it's the first time. If you don't have clips, just say that. that that's fine as well. I know that some people are starting out or won't necessarily have them. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just, just one point. Yes. Y you, you're online, yes. but you publish as if you were uh, well, once a week. Yeah, we publish once a week. So you don't update. No. It's not a no. no okay. I just yeah. So yeah. So dead. So the deadlines are well, Tuesday. Well, ideally Monday evening if it's a um, yeah. But we go out on a Wednesday morning. Yeah. We, uh, we don't update regularly. The idea is that we should be making the most of having a little bit more time to do those second day stories. So, yes. Okay. Um, oh, and sorry. sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah, and we so we don't pay an awful lot. We pay up to 150 euro per article. So it's so I'm I'm really sorry. I wish I could pay more, but we're we're bootstrapping a bit at the moment. But I'm hoping that we'll, you know, things will pick up. On that point, first, can you just tell us how many hundred words that would be? The 150. And, and uh, can you ask that question too, please? Yeah. Sure. Um, I, I, it would really depend on what the piece was, like, it, uh, like I feel like it's not just about word count, like some shorter articles can take an awful lot of research and some longer articles can take less reporting or adjustments. Mm -hmm. So it would, it would be more based on that and, and then a negotiation, I guess. <laughs> like, but um, do you, about how many uh, We run everything from like, we run everything from about 700 words up to 3,500 words. 
like so so we've we've got a sort of wide I mean the longer pieces are generally written by our staff reporters because it's <laughs> like 150 euros for 3,500 words in the program. But unless you've got a real passion for it or something. Yeah, um. yeah sure. We, we'd probably, like, generally what we take from, in terms of features from freelancers, I <coughs> would be, like, kind of your full, like, left-hand page um, kind of feature, and they usually pictures. Um, so that might be, like, 600 words, and it would probably pay about 150 euro. And then if you were, if we were doing a spread, which can be kind of, tricky I suppose just because that will need more pictures uh, that would probably pay about 250 euro but um, it d yeah that would be kind of our going right and for a two page spread how many would that be? Uh, probably be like 800 well, probably up to a thousand probably ask for a thousand but like 800 to a thousand and that would be 250 yeah okay thanks yeah <coughs> what's a good time um, Eva to pitch to you um Lois um, told us. Yeah. Wednesday. <laughs> um, generally, it's always kind of hectic, so there's there's not that many good times. I'm I'm kind of like I just do my best to kind of get back to people when I get a chance. Um, wh where I I find we fall short is is where we do a Sunday edition of the paper, and we don't really have any specific staff for it. So, um, so and any if anyone can ever like give me like an idea that's different to what we do anyway like I'm always open to it usually for Sunday's paper so like earlier in the week maybe like on a Tuesday Monday Tuesday Wednesday even and just tell me you know you'll have it in by Thursday afternoon Friday morning you know if that if that's it and um, one thing I kind of never um, mentioned is just uh, we we I, I was kind of talking from a features point of view but like obviously we have a lot of freelancers who send stuff to the, the newspaper as well and you know they, they might be based in a certain county and they'll send that story to every newspaper which is probably a, a more um, effective way to make money I suppose because if you're pitching it to every paper you know and for pick it up you've got more chance of you know making a few bob out of it um, so, that, so that's always a, a good idea if it's not something kind of specific for a paper if it's something that you think well maybe interest a couple of newspapers, you know, get a list of all the different news desks, send it to all of them. Um, one thing that I never mentioned as well, just if you are doing it for other, um, like a lot of the time it would be obvious, but say if you are doing it for other newspapers, just make it clear, you know, just this one all rounder going to everyone for tomorrow's paper, um, if that's what you're doing, and that's always fine too. Just so no one think, like, you know, if I, if I got something, I was like, oh, that's great for, for Sunday, I'll hang on to it, and then I open the other papers the next day, and I realise it's gone everywhere. Um, that can be frustrating. It doesn't happen that often, but just something to to be aware of. It's, sorry, um, I just just on that point, isn't it about building relationships? In yeah, well, I was I was kind of talking about features, so I generally have kind of a relationship with most people. I take features from. Um, just if if there's something newsworthy that you have a story and you know you're sending it to every paper like our news desk would probably get stories from you know loads of different uh freelance writers in every part of the country and you know because like we we just can't cover every county so just there might be something happening in your town that you just happen to know of and it might not have got out to the national media and there, there's no reason why 
you have to just give it to one paper if it's kind of a story that will work for, for a number of different ones. So like with those human interest stories, I know there's a couple of freelancers and they might kind of, um, you know, it might be a human interest story, but it's going to be of interest to everyone. And yeah, that they might go come to me as a features editor and they might say, look, this is for Sunday and I'm going to send it to a few other people as well. And that's fine, like once everyone's kind of on the same page that it, they know it's not theirs exclusively and they know they have to run it on Sunday, that, that's always fine. Um, you know, once you don't think it's exclusive, it's, it's okay. And yeah. thank you. exclusives? Um, I, I don't mind, like if, it, if it's a good story, it's gonna get into every paper anyway. So um, yeah, like I suppose it is nice if it's something that has a unique Sun brand to it, or you know, it, you know, if if it's ours. And what's good about having things that are exclusive is that features are always the first part of the paper that are gonna fall away when a new story breaks. So people who work in newspapers will know that you know you might have um, an interesting story, and then a plane crashes somewhere and that story that is just news like you know it's it's not breaking news it's just a story that's of interest that's always going to be the first one that will be held because something you know the, the plane crash story can't wait whereas the other story can so that's when it's really helpful if it is exclusive because um you know if we have to hold it then you know you're not risking that it's going to be another papers the next day you know you can just kind of run it in your own time and um, which helps uh, I, I I prefer it if you don't if you let us know if you're pitching it to other places because we prefer kind of not to run stories that are going to be exactly the same as elsewhere. I guess just different yeah. approach to it. Um, but I know that's you know it sucks if you can't then be paid by four or five different papers. But uh, yeah, so just let me know if you have and then if other places have picked it up and we won't run it or we will. So it goes back to relationships then, sorry Mary. It does go back to having an understanding. Yeah. Um, we had, I, I, we had a, a previous session very like this and we had some people from um, the Daily Mail and um, who are good enough as you have been to come along. But what I got from them was that they were under relentless pressure of meeting after meeting after meeting and that some of us got right up their noses by sending them emails and then demanding immediate answers or oh, nearly okay. immediate answers or following up with <coughs> phone calls and so on. Now on the other side of that, I know very well, and I could name them, people commissioning editors, to my knowledge, who have never answered an email to anybody in their life. Yeah. You know? So, so I don't know where it, where yeah. it falls, but I, I, my main point is, is, is that there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of us out there trying to sell things yeah. and we have to I think you have to construct it on a one by one basis yeah. um, that I'll phone you on whenever it is Wednesday afternoon whatever it is or I won't annoy you unless it's urgent I won't I'm, try and start yeah. sell you everything and anything and everything I'll try and send you the stuff that I think will interest you I don't think a follow-up email is necessary. Like if something's of interest, people will come straight back to you or they'll come back to you when they have time. I think generally you could probably take it if you don't hear back from someone, it's because it's not of interest and they haven't had the time to reply, um, which can be like the worst way to hear from it. And you're like, God, is it so hard to, to email back? And sometimes it is just 
those emails sit there and you kind of are trying to construct a response to gently say thanks but no thanks and those emails which are a little bit harder to write that are the ones that kind of fall back and you know it could be a little bit longer before you get back to them whereas if I get something that's of interest I'm probably going to come back you know within a day or two to say yeah this is of interest you know that, that sure it, it is on a case-by-case -case basis there's no um always this or always that I don't think a phone call generally helps because it is it can be busy you know it can be hard to take the call and if if the news isn't good, then it's kind of awkward as well, you know. Um, so, okay, yeah. I think Mary wanted to ask a question. I have a question for Aoife. My name is Karen Caulfield. I used to drive the Ruhama van, and um, I know one of the huge stigmas around women engaged in prostitution is being identified. Oh, yeah. Because so many of them, their families have absolutely no idea. Yeah. They were talking about photography. Yeah. And um, I also report from the district family law courts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Both issues. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So how would you get around that photography issue? Yeah. Um. For the the first one you mentioned through Hama, like I, I know it can be difficult, but then there are kind of a couple, and they're quite well known, like the okay. ladies that are happy to to be on the record. Yeah. So they kind of tend to get used a lot for that reason because they they're happy to be photographed. <coughs> Um, that that is a problem, and then yeah, family law court. That mm -hmm. again, it's a problem. It's family law court probably isn't going to be a feature because it's so difficult to to photograph. So it's probably more likely to be news stories in that way. And then, unfortunately, then they're the news stories that get less attention because they can't the picture can't tell the story. Um, yeah, that, that's a really good point it's just one of those tricky issues to get around yeah sometimes when people will come and there's a brilliant story and yeah if they're not happy to be pictured it is hard sometimes um if it's really good what we have done in the past is done like silhouettes you know if someone's happy to do that yes. um, even though it could be any silhouette and it wouldn't necessarily matter but but no. we have done that because i was thinking but even the generic photo if yeah. court was in session from outside you could possibly be identifying people like yeah. or coffee with people it is just I know oh yeah it, it's I a tricky area <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah no that is a tough one Mary I yeah it, it's it's always an issue I think we always have the problem where you're like oh this is a good story but there's there's no way to illustrate it and unfortunately it does mean that then the yeah. the space or the, the interest just automatically gets diminished because of that. Yeah. So it's I mean, I, I know a truth. Yeah. Ruhama, then, um, they would participate in the open day in the Dogus Centre. <laughs> There's an oxymoron. Oh, yeah. Um, and their stall would literally have nobody, nobody would approach. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like that's how stigmatised. They actually, they usually send a nun in under the guise of, oh, I need some Catholicism. Oh my god. And use the, the norm in full clerical garb as a way of making contact. You know, okay. maintaining the, the It is very difficult in those situations, yeah, and it's just the nature of the beast it always causes problems and I guess yeah. you can I mean uh, the, the kind of style of magazine that we have, we could do illustrations, like get great artists to you know, illustrate yeah. the, the stories, or our photographer is very good at doing abstract photos that are uh, sort of, you know, yeah. that basis.
I, was, I must say, did, you, did I hear you say that in your newspaper, we embrace the subs? Yeah, well, I'm a big fan of subs. Yeah. Like, no, like, not everyone in my newspaper will hold the same view, but um, sometimes you might get a piece that's just over-stylized, you know, it might mm. open with, it was a blustery autumn day or something like that, and that, that wouldn't be the style of, of my newspaper. So sometimes it just might be easier, I think, if someone just sends you the straightforward story, like, um, you know, a woman um, is hoping to run a marathon, even though she... Mm. She has a prosthetic limb, or, or whatever it is, yeah. and you know if if that's gonna be like it, it'll, it'll probably stay basically the same, but they, they might add little flourishes. Mm. But rather than kind of just overly scene setting or or things like that, that that'd be my newspaper anyway. We wouldn't really use it. I, again, it always just helps if you know the style of the newspaper. Um, yeah, so all well, I embrace subs. I think good, they good. do a I'm great job. Yeah. <laughs> As I was the sub for 30 years, I'm yeah. delighted. I they, get a hard, they get a hard rap a lot of the time. But I, well, I met a guy in Belfast about a few years ago, and I hadn't seen him since 1979. I was able to look it up because I changed jobs around then. And he mm. said to me, are you still butchering people's hands? <laughs> 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 and I hadn't touched any of this since 1979. I think people are so quick to, like when a sub does something that they don't like with their coffee, they're so ha so quick to point it out and be like, oh, you took this out. Oh. But then no one really says it when, well, like the coffee was kind of Flows, average and yeah. it made it a lot Many, better. Yeah, yeah so. good, good, good. And um, I, I have you to thank for social media meme which after I listened to for a bit, and then I realised that's what I used to call pub talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a I've learned something. Um, more questions? Yeah. yeah just for those, just uh, in terms of actually just pitching to the inquirer, is there like a certain like emphasis or like a few points you should hit, or like a certain format? Um, just just like one paragraph. Uh, you know what the story is, why it's important, and who you're planning to talk to, and then you can send them through to info at dubliningquire.com, and I'll pick that up. And um, yeah, no, just just you know what you what you would think you would put in a pitch. It's <laughs> not what you've heard. Sort of, if I say you put in a pitch. Um, One thing I, I might mention it just um, came to me there just. Uh, and another thing is just to always try and think like most newspapers have their staff writers so like for for basic stuff we can always get it done usually like so sometimes I've had people come to me and they've pitched ideas where they might be like oh I could do like a top 10 list about such and such like a listicle basically and you know we can do that ourselves um, that, you know just something that's kind of obvious and, and then it was the point that was made about you know stealing ideas again like we'd never do that and sometimes it will happen just it might be something that you're thinking of or there might be some event that kind of is in, in the public eye <coughs> for a lot of reasons so, so yeah never assume that you're the only one who's aware of it and it's just yours you know sometimes stuff will be getting kind of covered by the day-to-day -day reporters anyway so just another one that is an important point, though, about, uh, sorry, it's all important, sorry. but but particularly the one about, look at the publication that you're pitching to, and if they've got a very good medical correspondent, well then, you're not, they're not going to take stuff about yeah. the uh, side effects of aspirin from you, yeah. you know? I mean, and, and 
it seems to me a lot of freelancers waste a lot of time by simply not doing their homework. There are things, and if you look at the look at publications, programs, whatever, you can also see where the gaps are. Last week, for instance, I thought there was a gap, and you, people may not agree with this, but after after the tragedy in Carrick Mines, after the horror of it had been reported, and and then you had the business about the names, where they'd be named, and where they're not to be named. After that, a lot of media were stuck. They didn't know what to do. The funerals were a week and, and and so then you had the talking heads, um, but but uh, there was a there was a gap there for writers who had got close to travellers and who could tell tell a story that would inform our understanding of what had happened. Yeah, that's, hmm? that's a good point. Just to I'm just saying just to give kudu to Lois. Three days before the fire in Carrick Mines. Dublin Enquirer that went that <coughs> Wednesday had a story about planning delays and the <coughs> stub standard building that was in temporary accommodation and so on. Just it was just very striking that before it hit every paper and before there was a reason for it to be front page, Dublin Enquirer was picking up that story and looking at it. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just struck in a brilliant piece of journalism. <laughs> Can I can I ask a question? The rest of you better. Um, you've got you've got commissioning editors here. Don't let them go without getting valuable information. About but um, when you say long form, mm. what do you mean by long form? It's a good question. I guess um, I guess I, I guess the long form by long form I mean more narrative. So you know stories that. I mean, we aren't there yet. Like, if you look at our site, you won't find that many stories that are this in this style yet. But stories that maybe are written in a similar way to short stories in that they have a main character, say, who is going through a challenge. And maybe you'll spend some time with them as they go through that challenge. And it has a similar arc to a short story, and it has scenes. You might write it in a way where it has scenes. Um, so when I talk about long form, I mean that, that kind of um, journalism. But also, I just mean that... Um, we are we are online, so we do have the benefit of having a lot more space. So that doesn't mean that writing can be loose and that you can unnecessarily flowery. Like it still has to be tight. But if if there is something that you really want to explore in depth and you're really frustrated that you can only, you know, write a third of it, um, then you might want to come to us <laughs> because we're we're more flexible about working. Does that answer? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but that's a good offer, you know. Longer pieces, exploratory, scenic, the arc of a short story. I mean, any any anybody out there who thinks that they they're a writer rather than a reporter, um, that's a that's a great opportunity. And I've never I've never heard it said. I mean, that takes a lot of reporting, of course. Like, and it's it's like like short stories. It's in the details, so you, you note the color and the smells and the all, all of those kinds of things as you're going about it. And it's it's uh, that's that's where that's <coughs> what makes it a good piece in that style is really the, the that it was you know 4:36 when something happened, not just in the afternoon or those kinds of things. We're in Tom Wolf country. <laughs> Aspirationally. <laughs> 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 Sorry.
it have to be based around Dublin city centre, or can it be a broader area? Yeah, no. It, it, like if it's a it's a piece that appears to appeals to you know people throughout Dublin, then it, we know we can spread a bit. Just like with our resources, resources at the moment, we're very much focused on Dublin City Council area. We do have a few stories that have stretched out um, <laughs> a little bit more. But um, yeah, I mean, does, type, uh, sorry, does it have to be more like a report that you're, you're, you're interviewing somebody? Or can it be like a bit of a history on Dublin itself? And maybe a place that you visited in Dublin? Well, you mean like a more personal essay kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, more experience um, and a bit of the history of it. We're not kind of, like first person stuff, we're, we're not really sort of, that's not really our area okay. very much. But um, like ideally it still has some kind of news point okay. or news value. So for example, I wrote a, tried to write a, a profile of an imam at one of the mosques in Blanchardstown who's quoted in the media a lot and I spent you know a few days with him and saw how he was trying to build his profile and, and be a, a sort of you know a more of a public figure. So those kinds of people who are who are in the news or you know or places yet yeah, sort of the neighborhoods that are sort of in in the news but have some kind of you know reason for writing about them. Aoife can you Thinking of what was said about Mondays in broadcasting, and it's, it's true also, I think, in print too, uh, it, but um, around Christmas, for instance, between Christmas and New Year, aren't you looking for exclusive, yeah. lively, yeah. not perishable material? Yeah, yeah, like evergreen or, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, I never even thought of that, yeah, so <laughs> we're going to have the, the Christmas tour, uh, like, yeah, we're, we're going to be looking for stuff over Christmas, obviously. Yeah, yeah and yeah, something else has been interesting you know, Tuesday, story Wednesday. that you can know. work any time is always going to be good. Sorry? Oh. You can have that. <laughs> Sorry, we're not hearing that. Fire plum pudding helps you with extra. Just um, on the question of anniversaries, which is raised before, do either of your papers, are you interested in, in key events which are maybe 10 years ago, 40 yeah, years ago, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. always. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. For our Christmas edition, we've got a Christmas fiction. I don't know if any of you write fiction, but we've got a Christmas fiction edition uh, on the theme of Dublin superheroes, interpreted as loosely as you want. So um, if, if you uh, have ideas for that as well. Yeah, for, for Christmas, like anything kind of yeah, the, the news kind of tends to really slow down that week, so that's when features are kind of given a little bit more um, pressure, I don't know, or room, whichever way you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. So anything that, um, yeah, kind of it's good always to, to bear in mind the, the time of year, like if it's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of the same as anniversaries, like you know the same kind of things are going to be happening around Christmas, so um, if, if there's something that, that's a feature that could run any time around Christmas, that always works. So, um, yeah, kind of what Lois said, like we'd be open to, you know, someone spending a day with, say, Vincent de Paul and, you know, how they prepare for Christmas and helping people, you know, it's the kind of thing that we don't always get a chance to do ourselves. And, um, yeah, like there's those kind of obvious kind of Christmas features or, yeah, like 
who's going to get their turkeys and again the kind of issue of, of pictures comes up again because not everyone's going to want to be pictured but you might be able to get some picture coloured pictures of volunteers or something like that and you could kind of anonymously maybe speak to a family who were for whatever reason had to to get help from St Vincent de Paul that kind of thing is is, is it helpful to get people to sign release forms for pictures and <coughs> forms? Yeah. We've never really had an issue with it. The only thing would be maybe with young teenagers, you know, if they're, I think it's 17 is the age where you have to get parental uh, um, consent. Generally, we, we haven't come across that much because mainly if we were talking about a young person, you'd probably be talking to their parents. So you've kind of already got the consent in a way. And yeah, then I suppose if for some reason you were talking to to a young person, generally it might be, yeah, the consent thing has never really come up just generally because it would be kind of probably positive or it just hasn't hasn't come up. But um, yeah, I, s I suppose it, it's always helpful just to always check, you know, that, that it is okay for them to be pictured and we usually try and get it out of the way first off because you might have someone who's like happy to tell their story and then you mention pictures and they're like straight away like, no, not interested in that obviously goes back to what Mary said, it makes the story just so much, um, there's less impact and there's less room to do much with it when there's no pictures. Okay, um, yes? I have a question about um, timing as something with more of a long narrative. Is it, would you prefer people who come to you and say, I can have this long arc, this story kind of format in a week, or someone who says, it's going to take a month to do the research? And it's fair enough to say it will take a month or something longer. Yeah, no, yeah, that's completely understandable. Just as long as it's sometimes harder with longer deadlines like that to sort of, well, it's as hard to meet them. So yeah. obviously just meeting any deadline, it can be a month in advance. Like, yeah. For sure. Okay, are we done? All done? Yeah. I think so. Anyone want to pitch a story right now? <laughs> <laughs> Have you both given your emails? No, uh, just one thing I just <coughs> thought of, like it, it could always just as a freelancer, you know, if there's kind of an area that you think there might be interest in, rather than maybe pitching the idea without even having kind of knowing where the story is going to go, like say you think cosmetic surgery, there's some kind of trend in there like there's no harm in maybe bringing like someone who's a well-known cosmetic surgeon and trying to get to talk to them about the trends or something like that like you know you might just find a story comes out of it and then you, you can kind of go to the, the editor with almost the bones of the story already like rather than kind of saying you're going to call someone and then it not working out just um a thought as well that's it well that's that's been terrific thank you thank you thank you all um, back at two o'clock then. Yeah. yeah. yeah.